Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, you know that for years I have done my best on this show to, to caution and to warn sports parents about the potential hazards of travel or club teams for your kids. And my, my concerns have focused on the reality that neither travel or club teams are in any way overseen by any kind of state or federal regulatory agency. And as such... Anyone can start a travel team regardless of their qualifications or if they have any kind of coaching credentials. And, of course, they can charge whatever they want. Now, traditionally, travel teams have been started and run by enthusiastic sports dads who who want to make sure that their own son or daughter is playing against better competition. The theory goes that if my kid is playing with or against talented kids, then that kind of exposure will only accelerate my own child's development into becoming a better competitor. Now, there's nothing wrong with that premise. I agree with that. And at a certain point in a kid's learning curve, it makes a lot of sense. But you and I both know that there are all sorts of other ancillary issues that crop up with travel and club teams. Everything from the tryouts and how they're conducted, who makes the evaluations, to playing time issues, to the overall commitment on being on the team throughout the course of the year, and, of course, the expense, the cost that's involved with all this. But here's the thing. We have now reached a point in American youth sports that if your youngster has any kinds of hopes or dreams of ever playing for their high school varsity team, well, the reality is that they need to start playing on a travel team by the time they are 10 or 11 years old which puts them at the end, perhaps in sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. Now, that's a bold statement, to be sure, and I don't make it lightly. But if you talk with high school varsity coaches around here or in any other part of the country, this is pretty much the way it is these days. Not only do high school coaches keep track of which rising young athletes are playing well for travel teams, but bear in mind that in many cases, it's the high school coaches themselves who are actually working during the offseason for travel on club teams. And, and increasingly, high school coaches, well, they're, they're actually coached in the U13 and U12 teams themselves. Parents need to have, have, they have to find out, of course, which of these travel teams the high school coaches are working and then go out to the process of preparing your youngster to try out for these U12 or U13 uh, squads. Now, does this kind of exposure at an early age Uh, give these travel team kids an advantage in terms of getting to know their high school coaches? Well, of course. 
And if your kid isn't on those travel teams at a young age, well, he or she is going to be an unknown quantity when they show up in ninth or 10th grade to try out for a varsity team. And that's the way it is. You know, we got into this issue a few weeks ago about how high school coaches are allowed to work on travel and club teams during the summertime. But this topic this morning, we're going beyond that. I'm observing that kids today absolutely need to be in a travel team when they're 10 or 11 in order to get on their high school coach's radar. It's, it's hard to believe. I'm curious about your thoughts about this. I want to open the phone lines right away at one 337 I mean, is this right? Is this fair? Does this make sense? You know, it really lends a lot more credence uh, that a kid could be, uh, in effect, a has-been or a washout at the age of 10 or 11 if they aren't good enough at that age to make a travel team in town. They can just be deemed that, now they're not on the fast track. Goodbye. Now, again, we've talked about the issue that this is a couple of years before adolescence. Uh, it, it tends to really disfavor kids who are late bloomers in adolescence. Is this really the way it is in this country today? And is, can this should be changed. I mean, again, we know that these travel squads uh, I refer to it as the wild, wild west because there are no rules. There are no regulations. As parents, you're just hoping, uh, you know, basically and praying that your, your kid is trying out for a team that's going to be run by a good coach and things are done the right way. But I can tell you from firsthand experience, that is not often the case. There are a lot of issues here. one 337 6666 Let's start our, our conversation this morning with our old friend Jack Smith and over in Fairlawn. Jack, good morning. You're on the fan. Wow, I got on first. I, 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 I think I called in around 5 o'clock this morning, though. But, um, you know, we, we, we've talked about this, Rick, and, you know, I believe you and I feel the same. I mean, high school sports are being diminished because of these club teams. Um, so many different things are happening because of clubs and becoming a business and about a kid – you know, having to start early is just, it's just crazy. But one of my beliefs is this. If a kid is good enough and he's worked hard and he's trained and he's done the things that he has to do and he has a love for the game, you know, when he comes out at, at the high school, he'll be noticed. But if he's one of those mediocre on the line, on the border guys, those are the guys that I think that you're talking about mm -hmm. with, you know, the 11 and 12-year-olds. A lot of high school coaches today are now allowed to work with their teams, their high school teams, their, their players in the summer. But once school starts, they're not allowed. They're not allowed to even have interaction as far as the sport that they're coaching during the school year until that sport starts. And, and baseball and softball, you know, it's, in, uh, it's usually March, first week in March. So what a lot of these high school coaches are doing, and I've mentioned this to you before, what a lot of these high school coaches are doing is they are coaching the 14Us and the 12U teams in town so that they have these kids. A lot of the Catholic school coaches are coaching club teams now at 14 and 12U to recruit these kids to their Catholic school. I mean, I, I think I told you that just recently I did an evaluation for a travel team slash club team 
um, in, uh, in, in one of the towns in New Jersey. And the, co- the high school coaches were the ones conducting the tryout. Yeah. They actually conducted the tryout for these kids. I mean, listen, high school sports is not what it used to be, especially baseball and softball and soccer now with all the clubs for soccer. And that it's, it's a diminished program. And it's, it's more like a let me play high school baseball to get ready for my club team, you know. Mm. But the point is, and, my, and I'll, I'll end it here, is that a lot of these club teams, like you said, there's no governing body that's going to, you know, that's going to say to what they can charge you. I mean, there was a club team here in New Jersey that charged $150 for a tryout, all right? And, And at that time, I knew that that team only needed two positions. They needed a first baseman and a good hitting defensive catcher. But yet, they let more than 100 kids try out. Now you do the math. I mean, well, Jack, that's, that's amazing. The, the, you know, I want to focus on that for a second because I people, I Go say ahead. all the time to, to to parents, you understand that uh, when you, when your kid tries out for a high school team, you know, there's a real sense that everybody there's a level playing field, uh, and everybody is going to do this on a meritocracy type basis. But as you just pointed yeah. to, here's a situation with a travel team where where the the travel coach, the club team, can charge hundred and fifty dollars or more. For a tryout, and a hundred kids come and say, "Well, this is my big chance to show these people I'm a real star in the making." When you know the coaches know, we're just looking for two particular situations, two two positions that we have to fill. Everybody else, that's just you know, we're not you know, it's just it's really kind of dishonest, quite frankly. They're taking money. Uh, it is people. dishonest, and, and you know, it's just not right because you know you have they're not looking to see if your kid's any good. Now the coach would say. Well, you know, maybe we'll find a diamond in the rough and somebody will come in we didn't know about and uh, that kid will make the team. But for the most part, it's just obviously that it's not a level playing field. It's all very dishonest. And 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 not only that, Rick, I mean, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these teams, a lot of these club teams promise the kids the world. Yeah. You know, hey, listen, you know, we're going to build you up. We're going to put you in front. And you know what? And the funny thing about it is they can do that. They can put you in front of, you know, college coaches and even professional scouts in these tournaments all over the United States and all over the world, you know. And, you know, but a lot of the things that the people don't think about is that, you know, you're paying taxes in your town so that your children can go to school and actually play sports for nothing. You know, I mean, you're paying your taxes. There are no fees when you come out for a high school team or anything. You're given all your equipment, I mean, the uniform and everything else and the jackets and everything. You know, at a club team, you don't get – nobody's giving you that stuff. There's another thousands of dollars that you have to think about. You know, so my theory is this, and I'm old school, and I'm sorry. I never really – I've been offered coaching jobs at the club level. I've never taken them. I never want to. You know, I was a high school coach for many years that you know, and I think, listen, prepare yourself for high school. Prepare yourself the best possible way you can. If politics take, you know, take a role here or are involved, then you got to do what you, what you got to do. And my suggestion is this. Look to see where your high school coaches are coaching and try to get onto that team, you know, and yeah. maybe that'll be a way in. But, you know what, work hard, have fun doing it, and, you know, 
I always think, you know, think good things and good things will happen. But well, Jack, you know, I, that's not the, that's not the world anymore. I was going to say, and thanks as always for your insights and comments. That, of course, is uh, Jack Smithlin, a Hall of Fame coach from Jersey, and and you know, I'm glad he mentioned the fact that uh, you know we all hope and, and pray for the best for our kids when it comes to sports and and competition. But as Jack pointed out. You got to be very, very careful these days, uh, as he mentioned with that one example about you know coaches for a travel team charging one hundred and fifty dollars for kids to try out when in fact the team's already pre-selected and the coaches there are just really looking to fill one or two spots on the team, but they don't tell you that when your kid tries out. They just basically take your uh, your check and uh, run off to the bank, and that's not right. As Jack points out, high school teams. You pay your taxes in your town, your kid tries out, and you hope and pray that, that the coaches are going to give everybody an equal shot. That's how it's supposed to be uh, in sports. Uh, okay, let me, let me take a pause here. Uh, when I come back after Pete McCarthy's update, I'll go right back to your calls at one 337 6666 This really is a critically important issue when it comes to sports today and for sports parents with kids who are 10, 11 you really need to pay attention because this is uh, this is where we are today in terms of, of youth sports in America. Okay, stay with me. I'll be back with more. And back here on the sports edge, we're talking this morning about travel teams and the reality that it's become well, pretty much mandatory for kids to play on them at a relatively very young age. I'm talking about the ages of 10 or 11. And by that point, if your kid has any hopes or dreams of going on to perhaps play in high school at the varsity level, well, the way it is today all over the country, not just around here, but all over the country, those those youngsters have to be on a travel team by the time they're 10 or 11. And for sports parents today, that might make their head spin a bit because it's different from when they were growing up, perhaps. But that's how it is. And I'm taking your calls about this. This really this harsh reality because, as I just mentioned before the break, it's possible that your kid could be deemed pretty much a has-been or not good enough at age 10 or 11 uh, before they get into their adolescent growth years. It's as simple as that. one 337 6666 Let's continue our talk this morning. Uh, let's go out to uh, Long Island. Mary is standing by. Mary, good morning. You are on the fan. Good morning to you, and thanks again for another intriguing topic. Um, forgive my ignorance. Um, I'm really not sure what's involved in a travel team. Um, I did hear um, the previous caller say that um, you paid to try out. Mm-hmm. What? the expense to the family, and how far do these teams travel outside their home area? And is the parent paying for that as well? <laughs> Mary, yeah, it's, uh, your, 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 your question is actually a good one because the fact of the matter is, let's put it this way, unlike high school teams, high school varsity programs, which I assume most people are familiar with, you, you, you get to be in ninth grade, you, you, if you're in the school district, you can try out for whatever sport it may be. According to the season, uh, the coaches are hired by the school district. They, have, they are certified. Uh, they have degrees normally in education and phys ed, that kind of stuff. These are well-trained uh, educators. When you go to a travel team, travel or club teams, as they're known, have nothing to do with the school district. They are run by individuals outside the school district. Uh, you know, they, they can pretty much, since they are not in any way regulated by the state, 
or by the federal government. Uh, the people who run these those operations can charge whatever they want, whatever they deem they want to charge for tryouts. If your kid does make the team, then they usually ask for anywhere from let's say a thousand to as much as two or three thousand dollars just to be on the team. And of course, most of these travel teams, let's say it's soccer or you know, it doesn't just last for the fall, it lasts for the entire year, usually from Labor Day, you know, right into the end of the school year. Uh, there's a commitment in terms of going to practice perhaps two, three times a week. You play on the weekends. The travel could be anywhere from, you know, around the county in which you live to pretty much up and down the East Coast, whatever it might be. Again, this is the kind of, the, these operations, it's hard to get a sense in general of how they work these things, but they do offer the idea that we're going to play, have the kids play in these so-called showcases, tournaments, where there might be college coaches checking on the progress and, and the talent level of these kids. So, Mary, it's, it's complicated, uh, but again, it starts around the age of 10 or 11, whether it's soccer, baseball, ice hockey, uh, basketball, you name it. And it's, it's, it's a real concern because parents just don't know who to turn to if they run into situations that are that are uh, difficult for their kid. Oh, oh, you know, you've explained that very well. I appreciate it. Yep. It just seems to me that, you know, unless y- y- your family has money, your kid's not going to get <laughs> into this program. And I'm sorry, July 4th is coming up. Forgive me for being naive, but this sounds so un-American. Can't they pressure the school districts to You know, you don't have to stop these completely, but when you said that young people are going to have to start out at the age of 10 or 11, Mm -hmm. if the family can afford this, people have other expenses, too. Well, Mary, this is is one of the real major concerns, uh, the expense, because... Uh, as you said, these are these are this really do cost money, and for those families uh, who basically are watching every dime, as most of us are, the idea of, of spending thousands of dollars, and not to mention, of course, when you go travel to other cities, other towns, the travel team does not pick up that cost. That's another added expense that mm-hmm. the parents have to pay for as well. And if you have more than one child. Uh, who wants to play on a travel team, this gets very expensive in a hurry. Uh, Again, the school districts are not involved in these. They have have no involvement whatsoever, so you really can't make a case to the school to say, can't you guys intervene? They're not going to do that. They just don't. I mean, in fact, as I mentioned before, in a lot of cases, it's the high school coaches who go to work uh, or or assist with travel teams because it's outside the jurisdiction of the school. So the coaches are basically sort of moonlighting to make some extra money for themselves. Again, that's become more and more of an increasing situation. Mary, I, I wish I could I could add more, but I, I have to move on. But you're Thanks. right. This is very, very complicated and very, very disturbing for people you know, like yourself who may not be familiar with what's going on with, with this whole landscape. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> Good luck to you. Thanks again. Bye-bye. So, you know, and, and, you know, Mary is typical of a lot of moms and dads out there. Like, if you aren't familiar with this stuff, it's got to be overwhelming. Uh, let's continue with our calls. Uh, Bob is up in Albany, New York. Bob, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. My son is not. was started with this travel team when he was nine. He's 14 now. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, his travel coach uh, scheduled the game the same day as a high school baseball game. 
So he tried to guilt my son into leaving the trial, the uh, high school game to go play the travel game. Make a long story short, he wound up leaving that team, and then he was picked up immediately by another team for travel. But he put a lot of pressure on him to leave a high school game to go play a travel game. Is this for? And of course, we lost all we lost all the money that we put up because yep. it was non refundable. Right. So, I mean, it's travel baseball is great. You know, the the uh, the competition is much better, but I didn't think it was very fair for him to put pressure on him. And it was his last high school game for the season, and he wound up pitching. He pitched a complete game, one nothing shutout. So why would he want to leave that experience? And for the coach to schedule the game on the same day as during the high school season was was not right. Bob, this is the, the kind of nitty-gritty situations that occur all the time, and I can tell you that it is heart-wrenching uh, because – most kids today will tell you that, you know, I much prefer to play on my high school team with all my, my buddies I go to school with because these are friends that I'll, I'll have for life, and it's very meaningful to wear the school colors. Uh, but we all also acknowledge, especially by the time your kid's a junior or senior in high school. Right. And I don't want him to have that stigma that he'll just leave because he's going to be moving up next year to the higher rank level of high school, the stigma that, oh, we can't count on this kid, so why, right. would, we, why would we take him on a team? Right, and, and of course, the pressures that the travel coaches put on these kids to say, come on Terrible. now, this is, the travel is, is a better level, higher level of competition, more exposure than playing on your high school team. I will tell you, Bob, I went through this exact same experience with my son about, oh golly, 20-some-odd years ago with uh, ice hockey when he was in high school, and, and my son John was was uh, the captain of his, ice, of his high school hockey team, and he was also playing on an outside travel team. And, and sure enough, the, the, the travel coach insisted that uh, you know, he play on the travel team when, he had, when the same night he had a high school game, and, and uh, the high school coach basically said, no, you can't do both. And, and honestly, uh, the coach said, in New York State, you can't do both. You can't play both high school hockey and travel hockey during the same season. Turns out that's totally a myth. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was either the coach didn't know the rules or he just lied to us. But I remember that my son went through great great agony to say, "Well, I got to play with my high school friends. I'm the captain of the high school team." And of Absolutely. course, as, as you said, what happens once he left the, the, the told the travel coach he wasn't going to play in that game? Travel coach said, "Well, good luck, goodbye. We're keeping your money. That's the end of it." I mean, this, this yeah. is. This is the kind of nitty-gritty uh, heartache that these kind of situations cause. Absolutely. And now he goes picked up by a new travel team. I've never seen him smile so much on a baseball field. So it all worked out. It's only money. Of course, we had to shell out some more money, but yeah. hey, so uh, whatever makes him happy. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bob, thanks. thanks for checking in this morning. And as you yep. said, it's only money. Yeah, but, you know, uh, how much money do we have to spend on our kids when it comes to sports? Uh, you know, at some point, the spigot begins to run dry. And again, it'd be nice if there was some sort of consortium or understanding between the travel programs and the high school programs so they don't have these kind of conflicts. And again, I just want to reiterate, remember this, because I learned this the hard way, uh, you know, some over two decades ago, that high schools, uh, you know, they and, and travel teams, they have nothing to do with each other in terms of the rules and regulations. So, you know, if, you, if a high school coach says, no, it's against uh, state rules, you can't play on both, well, you need to check that out because in most cases that's not true. Let's move on. Let's go uh, to Maplewood, New Jersey. Joe, good morning. You're on the fan. 
Yeah, hi, Rick. How you doing? Good, Joe. How are you? Good, yeah. I've been, uh, I talked to you last year about the article I did uh, about club teams for New Jersey Monthly. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. And I've been following this for a while, and I think you obviously hit on an important part, but it's also, I think there's always a sort of a happy medium. You know, some places do it right, some places don't. My son actually just finished freshman baseball, and he's on a summer, he's on the summer high school team that, yeah, the the coaches from the high school team coach it, but it is a separate entity. So, it, and in his case, it's actually helped him because he's playing on the 18U team, sort of the higher team, even though he played as a freshman. So he gets that exposure in the summer. But you're right. If you want to move up in some of these, there is that summer, uh, not requirement, but it's sort of an unspoken requirement. But I think a lot of these players in high school are, are really committed to the point where they want to play in the summer. Um, he's also playing on a, another travel team for the summer that's just doing tournaments that's a lot more expensive but giving even more access. So I think it's an interesting balance where some places require it, but in other places like this I think it's an opportunity to sort of say, look, I'm playing freshman, but uh, watch me, and they saw him as I think a, a better player than they might have thought, and gave him that you know top tier team along with the varsity level players. Um, but again, as you and I have talked, and as you know better than I, it, it's it's different place to place. Uh, some places it's not done well, in some places it is, and other places you know the coaches have their favorites, and so this gives an opportunity. Yep, yep. It, it's all the different variations, but I think it's it's not always cut and dry in every spot. But it is something where there's more money being spent, there's more demand, and, of course, the health of the players. Uh, and then they get into year-round play, as you've, we've talked. Um, it, it's, it's sort of parents' job to check what the actual program is they're going to be in and how it affects their child. Joe, uh, you know, uh, you're right. And, and as you and I discussed the last year, uh, you know, the fact is that what we really need to have here uh, is just a sense of uniformity. Okay, we accept the fact that travel and club teams are going to exist. I get that. But let's get some real some real interplay going on, some real communication about what's the right age for kids to start playing on a travel team uh, at age 10. Is it fair for high school coaches to uh, in, within one's town to be involved in those U12 or U13 teams? Because, in effect, they're now beginning to scout and evaluate kids when they're very young. And obviously, kids are going to make impressions on those coaches. Is that fair? What about, as you said, Joe, when a kid gets to be in high school and they're a junior uh, and they're playing on, on, a, on a team that basically is the high school varsity team that plays into the summer? Is that right? Is that fair? I mean, there, there's so many issues here. And, and again, as we've already outlined in the show, because it is the wild, wild west when it comes to individuals outside the school district, they can pretty much do what they want in terms of charging and making money. And those things are obviously, you know, for profit. Uh, Joe, thanks again for the call. I appreciate you checking in this morning. You know, and, and that's something that parents have to come to grips with. Yeah, mo- you know, I'm not going to – it's not fair to say that all travel or, or club programs are run poorly or, or, or don't have any sense of right or wrong. That's not fair. Obviously, some of them are done well, and they are very beneficial for the kids, and they get great coaching and so on and so forth. But unfortunately, a lot of them are not, and that's where parents have to do a lot of homework, a lot of due diligence to figure out where they want their youngster to spend uh, their time and effort and, of course, the parents' money 
to make sure it's a really good, wholesome, and very, very sort of uh, proactive experience. All right, let me, let me stop here, take a break. When I come back, I'll go right back to your calls. Now, don't forget to check out my website at AskCoachWolf.com, where you can see my, my blog as well. Right now on the show, we're talking about the reality that for better or for worse, if your kid has any hopes or dreams of someday playing on their high school team, well, it's become mandatory for them to be on a travel team starting around the age of 10 or 11. And that That's that's sort of uncharted territory, but that's the way it is these days when it comes to uh, to youth sports in this country. We're taking your calls at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's continue. Let's go to uh, Tommy over in Parsippany, New Jersey. Tommy, uh, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, and I enjoy your show very much. Thank you. So um, I just went through this process. My son played on a nationally ranked high school team, and he played travel baseball and he's playing in college. And the reality, when I look back on it, it really has a lot to do with the parents, and they have to have a realistic view of what type of kid and what type of player their kid is. There's all type of travel programs. There's travel programs if the kid is good enough to play in the SEC or the ACC, there's travel programs if the kid wants to use it to help him get into a high, academ- high academic school. Mm-hmm. But the parents have to have a realistic view of their kid. And my experience, the travel baseball was, uh, is necessary because if the kid wants to play high school baseball, he has to get better and he has to be able to play at a high level. Mm-hmm. And without, without playing travel baseball, He's not going to get that exposure to the better players. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't want to play travel baseball, he really he really doesn't love the game. And if he doesn't love the game with the higher level programs, why, you know, he's just not going to make it. Well, Tommy, I, I agree with you. And I'm, I'm glad you, you, you mentioned the fact that, again, as, as parents begin to go down this pathway of doing their homework, about travel programs, you're right. Travel teams, uh, not just in baseball, but in softball and other sports as well, they're all different uh, shapes and, and sizes. Some are all about the being the elite you know, programs. Some are more about, uh, no, we're just really here because we think it's these are kids who, who really are aspirations or maybe just to play in their high school team. Maybe other ones are kids who want to play at academic colleges down the road. But, yeah, you got to do your homework. The problem is it's really hard to find – a particular clearinghouse, and Tommy, thank you for the call. It's very hard to find a, a, a universal clearinghouse about these situations. And then when you do check out the team, you know, again, you got to go back and start asking all those tough questions about, okay, you know, how much does it cost? What are the tryouts? Uh, when do you play games? What kind of commitment is my kid making? And so on and so forth. And, you know, we also know that a lot of kids play on two travel teams at the same time. That's Really tough uh, and, and very, very expensive. Uh, so, again, this is why I keep saying we need to have some sort of uniform 
uh, situation where all these situations, all these teams are, are better defined. It's, it's much clearer for the consumer, for the parents who are paying the freight to find out more about what is expected of their kids and how the triads are evolved. Let's go on to, uh, to Michael in Oceanport, New Jersey. Michael, hi there. You're on the fan. Hey, thanks for having me. Great topic. Yeah, Michael. Um, I, I'm a father of a nine-year-old um, who plays travel soccer. I, I, I just kind of have to chime in with this sentiment. I, I believe that this is all a giant money grab. Mm-hmm. Um, I played travel when I was young in basketball, but I was I was asked to try out for a team based on how I played in an intramural league, and that team was really truly in the one elite team in the town. Mm-hmm. Now there's my daughter has the option of picking from four different travel teams <laughs> that my town can play on. That's right, and it, it's comical because the talent level's diluted. There's this this sentiment that you know, is sort of being conveyed in this call that your your child needs to play it to be able to play in high school. And I don't know if I totally agree with that. I mean, I think the kids that are great at any sport are going to be great, regardless of when they choose to play it. Well, um, Michael, that's, that, that's the premise that we've all sort of grown up on, that if your kid's a good athlete, that, you know, by the time they get to be in high school, regardless of where they played, whether it's rec ball, sandlot ball, or travel ball, you know, if they're a good athlete – the coach is going to pick up on the fact that they're really good athletes. So, but again, the the, the mentality, the culture, as you well know, uh, around here today is your kid has to be in a travel team to be any way considered to play on a high school team. And also, you know, for a lot of parents, they'll say, well, the fact is the high school team is a step down for my kid's travel or club team. So what difference does it make whether they play in their high school team? It is. It's just such a bizarre circumstance with how it exists today and <laughs> and, and really, truly, I believe it's just a mo- it's a money thing. Well, I, I really do. Again, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Michael, because, yeah, I mean, first of all, to your point before, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, there'd be one elite travel team within one town. That was it. That was the premier team, the travel pro- program. Yep. Nowadays, you say there could be half a dozen. And so how do you, you know, and of course, those travel coaches are already scouring to say, okay, we, these are the kids we want from the town on my team. But they're, the kid has five or six teams to choose from. That's different. And number two, yep. you know, the money. How, you sit down and, and I know some of the more travel, the more, more uh, conscious travel team coaches will say, okay, this is what it costs. This is what it costs for the, the, uh, the, the rental of the fields or the ice hockey rink, whatever it might be. This is what it costs for the officials, the refs, the umpires. This is what it costs for insurance. But they break it all down for you, and they also say, and this is what we pay our coaches, this is what I get paid. So, But again, a lot of coaches don't want to do that because it does look, in fact, like, well, this is for profit. Yeah, it is for profit. This is I'm basically yep. taking my time to coach your son or your daughter to theoretically make them into a better athlete. It is for profit. That, that doesn't happen at the high school level because your school taxes are paying for the coaches uh, to coach your kid. Michael, I, I agree with you. It is uh, unfortunately become... Very, very much out of control. Uh, we really need to get some sort of um, way to, to delineate what's going on for parents and give them a sense of what really is happening. Michael, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's Thank move you. on to uh, – let's go to, um, to Axel in Rosedale. Hey, Axel, good morning. You're on the fan. All right, Rick. What starts out with good intentions unfortunately turns into a racket. And I tell you what, the, the kids I grew up with and the kids I know today, they always want to play on the team with their friends and the kids they know – 
The parents should know that. I have a famous line, there are no bad coaches, they're just bad teams. You start your own team. Even if you, were, you don't have organization, if you have organizational skills, you don't know baseball, you can bring in a, a coach you know and start your own team. The kids have to have fun. I believe the parents have to push to have the travel teams in the high school coordinate schedules. It's not like they're playing 162 games, folks. There's not that many high school games that are played. You can coordinate this where the kids can play both. They could have fun. And you've got to remember, too, baseball is a game of skills. While the nonsense is going on, you should be working on your skills and getting better. Mm-hmm. They always look for the big bats out there. You've got to go to that batting cage. You've got to work on your forearm muscles, your calf muscles. Those are the start muscles in baseball. You're gripping and you're pushing off. But the bottom line here is, and I, and I see it, I don't like it, there are coaches that do play favorites with certain kids. Of course. And that, just go, and that goes back to don't get down about that. Just get another team. And if you have organizational skills, start a team and get a coach, folks. And let the kids have fun. That's the most important ingredient. All the teams I had years later, every kid that was on the team, all the guys I knew came back and said, that was the most fun I ever had in my life playing on your teams. And a lot of teams I played on, too. And they were good teams. Axel, I have to tell you, that the, the so-called top priority in all this is having fun. And you know and I know that every year uh, the concept of having fun, that gets pushed further and further and further down the totem pole of being a top priority. It's no longer about having fun. It's about basically making sure your kid gets to the next, next level, uh, whether it's you know the high school varsity or making it to a showcase tournament team or playing in college. You know, and, and again, I, I do worry, and obviously you do as well, about these kids. You know, are they really having any enjoyment out of this uh, because they're putting so much of their time, so much energy, so much of their emotional uh, well-being into being on these so-called elite teams? And for what purpose? Just because it's expected of them? Because they're, the parents feel that somehow this is going to be the ticket to get an athletic scholarship or to turn pro? It does. It rarely happens, and yet that's that's what we're dealing with these days when it comes to uh, to, to uh, these travel teams and 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 uh, what kind of impact they have on our kids. Axel, th- thank you so much for the call, and I think that's that's a uh, that's where we're at. I mean, look, I use the term all the time, and I still think it really applies that travel teams uh, are like the wild wild west when it comes to uh, you know trying to figure out for parents today, you know, what team is right for my kid. Uh, should I start at age 10, 11? Who are the best coaches? Uh, how much is it going to cost? If I have other kids who want to play sports, how, how am I going to do all this? Uh, so is it okay for a kid to play on more than one travel team at the same time? What about conflicts with uh, being on the freshman or, or JV or, or varsity team in high school? Which comes first? I guess it's just out of control, and that's why I keep keep up this 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 plea for a sense of more sanity about what we need to do when it comes to sports and our kids. All right, let me take a quick time out. I'm out of time, Connor. Is that it? Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I got to wrap it up here. But again, I, I just want you all to know how difficult and how complicated this issue is. But again, we will come back to this topic in, in the months to come because it is so pressing. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Connor Green. Please stick around for Yankee baseball. That's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.